Hello and welcome to the Education Marketer Podcast. Podcasting is a mature medium. To stand out, you need to offer something different. And the university podcast, This Is Purdue, fits the bill. Its host, Kate Young, is its full-time producer and creator. And having surpassed 1 million listens on YouTube, joins us today to offer insights into how you can get your podcast seen and heard. Let's get on with the show. I've been having a look at your previous episodes and you know how the, the podcast has been received. And one of the things you shared recently was that you actually charted in some like top um, Apple charts or for podcasts. And I noticed you were just like in the top 10 and two behind TED Talks daily, which is an incredible achievement for university podcast. It's super exciting. Um, you were right behind Duolingo. I mean, these these huge names, Mel Robbins. So you know, we've we've really been working on getting kind of all of our guests are amazing, right? They're all a lot of them are alumni. They're all they all have ties to Purdue. But some of our guests recently have been these, you know, bigger name guests. And we found that that gives traction and extra um, attention for the show because you don't have to go to Purdue to care about a story about, you know, 9-11, for example, or to care about, wow, this is the president of Pizza Hut and he went to Purdue. I love Pizza Hut. I love their marketing. So we've seen some really um, great results lately, like you said, charting on Apple. So we're really excited. Yeah, you see to have that uh, networking effect going on. And I think it was the Pizza Hut episode that brought me into your your, your ecosystem, funnily enough. And, you know, I recommend people go and, go and watch it because, you know, normally when you listen to these sort of interviews, they, they're quite centered on the, the university and its, its role. But your conversations go a bit bit broader you talk about someone's like career trajectory and there's something very special about doing that in in context i mean you're, you're literally sitting in a in a pizza hut with this guy aren't you and you're, you're having this conversation and you know just saying it like this you can't really appreciate that but you know the setup is you're sitting opposite the lighting looks good there's, there's so much effort that goes into these these sort of things Absolutely. And the Pizza Hut, um, David Graves, the president of Pizza Hut, who um, went to our Purdue Business School here, he that this was really exciting because he had his PR team from New York City reach out to us. So they, you know, looked up the podcast or found it somehow and came to us, um, which which has never happened before. And for such a big guest and this, you know, international brand, it was so exciting and it took months to plan. Right. You mentioned you mentioned we filmed at a Pizza Hut. Um, David lives in Texas. Uh, he flew to Indiana for essentially one night, um, and we shot it at an Indiana Pizza Hut right between Indianapolis and West Lafayette, where our Purdue campus is. But it was a very early morning. We had to do the interview before the Pizza Hut opened and all the customers came in, right? Um, but we wanted that authentic, um, you know, Pizza Hut for a lot of people is, is tied to this nostalgia in America of, you know, attending after a good report card or after a soccer game, you know, the book it. Um, if you read a certain number of books, you got your personal pan pizza. So we really wanted that element. And David and his team loved it, luckily, and were totally on board. So we um, worked tirelessly. We had, I think we had four cameras there, the lighting that you mentioned, um, all that set up. And then the takedown is hours and hours of work. It is, it is a huge production. So our video team has just elevated the podcast to a new level. Um, especially when it comes to the, these big guests that we have. So tell me a little bit about this. I think it's important to share with the, the audience today that 
this is your full-time job. You are like the person looking after this podcast. You're not just a marketer in the university doing this as a side project. It's not even a part-time project. This is a actual thing that you have been brought into to scale and to create engaging content around. Firstly, I think a lot of people kind of dream about this sort of job in a, in a university. And I know it's probably not all kind of as glamorous as it might seem, <laughs> but tell me a little bit about how that happened. What what journey have you gone on to to get there? And why does the university uh, put so much resource into this show? Like, where, where does the value come from? What, what light bulb went on to make them think, yeah, we're going to go all in on this, this show and get some good stuff out of it? Yeah, I'm so lucky that Purdue went all in on this show, right? But uh, I graduated from Purdue in 2012. I have a background in news, um, broadcast journalism. I started working in professional podcasting in 2019. Um, worked at a couple smaller startups. And then uh, Purdue started the show in 2020, right before the pandemic. It was done by a graduate student. student. Uh, they went on and graduated. Um, and Purdue's like, we need to hire someone full time. We really need to invest in this. It's, it's done well so far. What are the other things we can do with it? And um, it was funny because they were looking at certain reporters or people in news and that our CMO was like, we need a podcaster. We need someone who knows podcasting. And at that point, you know, there weren't a ton of professional podcasting people out there, right? It was it was fairly new getting off the ground. There's a lot more now, I'm sure. Um, but I got this message through LinkedIn and, and here I am today. And it was also important. I want to note that they wanted a Purdue alum. You know, you kind of have to have this affinity and, you know, I spent four amazing years at Purdue. It's such a core piece of me. So I understand the tradition. I understand when people are talking about walking on, walking around on campus or walking into our basketball arena of that, like, oh my gosh, you know, this is Purdue University. So um, it was, it was super exciting. I've been here about two and a half years now. Um, the importance of the podcast, you know, our central, we're part of the central marketing and communications department for the whole university. So our CMO, Ethan Braden, always talks about enchanting audiences. So, you know, I have a husband who went to the rival school in Indiana. I have in-laws who are from Scotland, from the UK. What am I going to put in this podcast that they will want to listen to and that will be interesting to them? And I always think that's the ultimate compliment when I have friends from other schools, um, again, family members who are like, this, this was so cool. And they have no ties to Purdue. So, so that's kind of, you know, we obviously want to appeal to our Purdue audience, but how can we also enchant other audiences and impress other people who don't have that Purdue affinity, right? Um, so that's been really important when it comes to building our brand. Um, and of course, you know, podcasting is so different than a written story. You can hear the emotion of the guest. You can hear the nostalgia of when I was on Purdue's campus in the 80s or, you know, whatever story they're bringing you back to. And of course, you know, you know this more than anyone, Kyle, that you don't, you know, you can do this while you're running. You can listen when you're folding laundry, doing the dishes. So I'll talk about a YouTube element later, but really this, this audio uh, medium you can do on the go, obviously commuting. Um, so I think that's been really important when we're talking about building the brand, building the brand of the podcast itself. And you think back on like blogs, everyone had a blog back in the day, right? And now I think more and more companies and businesses, and even a little bit of, I've seen some other higher ed podcasts, you know, they're getting into that podcast strategy now and moving, maybe still keeping their blog, but like, I feel like podcasting is, is kind of the new blog. 
But the other thing that's really cool is that we're, we're kind of building this community within the podcast. So I'll speak at like alumni conferences, big alumni events. Um, I'll go to different classes or student events and give out T-shirts and kind of spread the word. And a lot of times they'll say, oh, I didn't know we, have, we had a podcast. That's so cool. So, you know, when 19-year-old kids are, are excited about the podcast, you know, I get even more excited. So there's this sense of building a community and having the podcast out and about and myself out and about on campus at events, sponsoring even like golf tournaments around Indiana, um, that kind of stuff to just keep building the awareness and building that brand. See, this is, this is great because like so many podcasts in, in high reds, and we probably touched this in a bit, but they, they go really niche and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it makes sense for some subject areas. But yeah, you've just dropped there that you've got like sponsorships for golf tournaments. So you're looking at kind of those traditional sort of media channels to, to build audience and awareness, but you're not hitting people marketing messages. You're saying, look, we've got this, this great asset, this great piece of entertainment. Come and listen, come and join our community. And let's also pick up on something else you said about that distinctive style of what's uh, required of a, of a podcast host versus more traditional forms of media like journalism and broadcasting. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I thought recently, because I, I read a lot of statistics about traditional media brands, for instance, New York Times, trying to get into the podcasting space, but just failing miserably um, because they don't understand the nuances between like broadcast media and, and more modern sort of digital uh, media. Um, there's a there's a real gap between those those two things about how you build audiences and, and, and build communities and you you absolutely nailed it with the community element and actually having someone like yourself who's got that connection to those university traditions that only your community would kind of get and understand and because you're part of that you you get that sort of passport into those things you can have those conversations you you couldn't do that with an outsider who, who came in, they, they wouldn't have the rapport, would they? That's, that's totally right. And even, you know, with our basketball coach or our new football coach, um, I can kind of relate to them and say, yeah, I graduated, you know, here and I, uh, had this class and remember this. And there's, there is that rapport of there's something special about that. I had this Purdue experience, so I know about the Boilermaker community and what makes it special. So, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you touched on there just briefly how most universities go about this. And, you know, I'm, I, I do like shows like this, but I'm also a marketing consultant and I, I go into universities and talk about podcasting. And typically the setup is they've got tons of things, right? They've got like 30 or 40 a handful of them actually have a decent audience and you know i, I said there's nothing wrong with that if you're going very niche but mm -hmm. you have actively gone a very different direction and i'm sure you have other podcasts in the university but right. it's very clear where your effort is is being focused so talk to me a little bit about that and the the sort of conversations that that happen because this isn't a project that's naturally just come about there's clearly a lot of support behind it and you know, let's be honest, there's a bit of budget here as well, right? Um, so yeah. help me understand how that, that happened and what you, you've done to get to that point. What decisions have been made uh, along the way? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So there are, you know, other podcasts within the university, but we have just really gone all in on that um, official university podcast. And the reason for that is because if, you know, 
we have a huge, amazing engineering school, but we're not just telling engineering stories. We're not just telling STEM stories. Um, athletics is huge. We, you know, Big Ten, we love athletics. We love sporting events, but we're not just telling athletic stories. So it's that, that perfect balance of, you know, I just interviewed a Tony-nominated actor who starred in June. Like, nice. he came from our College of Liberal Arts. I mean, what a cool story. That's coming out in August. But there's so many different facets of Purdue. And um, it was important that, you know, the Central Marketing and Communications Department is the official university podcast because we're telling all those stories that, that encompass everything. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of the behind the scenes of how that came about. And just, again, making sure that we're portraying Purdue's brand and um, the podcast has, has been an amazing way to do that. So because you're dealing with like an overarching podcast here, and of course there are common themes, you're, you're an alumnus and you have that connection with, with guests. Even so, you are having to be a, at least a moderate expert on lots of different topics. Um, so something like the Education Marketing Podcast, I talk about education. So it's something I can lean into quite easily. But what you're doing is way more challenging. You're, you're talking to people who are deep experts in different areas. How do you do that? What, what techniques have you got to you know, make sure that conversation keeps flowing? Tell me about that. I, I love that question. That is so true. I, you know, I'm talking to these world-class researchers and experts, and I'm a communications graduate. Like, I do not know anything about space or engineering. I'm the first one to admit it. So there's a ton of prep work that goes into, of course, not only picking out these locations um, that will reflect the, you know, the guests and, and what they do, but also what these people do every day and the research yeah. and, and these really nitty gritty topics. Um, so I spend a lot of time forming questions. Um, we call it like a podcast prep guide. I always send the guests the questions. Um, I know some people don't do that. Some people do, but we feel that, you know, we want to prepare our guests and make sure that they know, make sure that everything that I research is also correct, right? Mm -hmm. Someone could come back and say, hey, actually, I would word it differently, you know, due to X, Y, Z. So we always allow any edits or anything. Um, but I listen to them on other podcasts if they've been on any. I'll listen to them, you know, the local News channels have likely interviewed these people because they're such experts. You know, 60 Minutes interviewed the person that I actually interviewed yesterday. He's a professor in um, astronomy. And so he's talking about the James Webb Space Telescope and supernovas and really, really complex things um, to do with space. And so it's, it's a ton of prep work and just making sure that you're, um, you can at least, you know, pronounce some of these things (laughs) read the stories about them our purdue news team does an amazing job of they have all these press releases and stories that i always look at um but the other thing that we do and usually it's it's the second half of the interview is we ask about their family we ask about what their favorite memory has been at purdue um this guest was from near boston and he's like i moved to west lafayette and i have this amazing community around us and everyone's so friendly and it's completely different. Um, so that was really cool. And he, he had some just amazing stories about his students. So how can we, and especially with athletics too, how can we get them to talk about this community and, and that like spirit that we have here versus I don't know anything about football. I'm not going to ask you what play you're going to run here. And, you know, 
So it's a, a lot of um, a lot of focusing on stuff that that other interviews aren't going to ask them to. Right? We do care about if their family loves West Lafayette, and we do care about what your favorite parts of Purdue are. Whereas, like I said, sixty minutes isn't isn't going to dig into that. They're going to dig into the James Webb Telescope. So. That's something that we focus on a lot is like get to know the guest as a person instead of just this world-class researcher. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, I mean, I'm sure it's more interesting for them as well because I imagine that because they're kind of at their position they are in their careers, they they have those conversations quite regularly anyway. So when they actually speak to their their university, it's probably good for them to actually talk about something slightly more human, relatable and I think for me, that's probably almost a podcast such a success that it is, is that you take those, those topics and yeah, you do dive into them to a, to a good degree, but you make them super accessible, relatable. And, you know, if anything, it's a great advert for being like a communications major, isn't it really? Um, you know, we don't, we don't do enough about this. We don't, you know, I mean, I've, I've got a background in, in English literature and, and creative writing and I'm always, uh, looking at statistics coming out that new graduates or new students are favoring more the STEM route. And I think it's a huge missed opportunity. And part of that is because as a setter, we don't necessarily tell the right stories about communications graduates or we use the wrong metrics to determine success. So, right. you know, if we have examples like this of people with communications background actually doing these sort of shows, I, I just think that's much more positive for, for young people considering this is a career route overall. Yeah, absolutely. Creative writing. I mean, my whole job is essentially creative writing when I'm going back and writing these scripts um, for the show. So absolutely. I think there's a special technique with people who graduated with communication degrees where you can have conversations with people that are relatable, like you said, and people love talking about their families or their partners. Um they they like opening up about that. So it's exciting for them, and, you know, and for our listeners who want to know more about them. So off the back of your sort of creative background here, it's it's not just like you're, you're focused on the writing of episodes. There's a huge digital media element involved in there as well. And, you know, another thing that makes this podcast stand out is that you've made YouTube a, a major destination for the content that you're, you're publishing. And, you know, I was surprised to people, but YouTube is actually the number one destination that people listen to podcast content. And it's really strange when you say it out loud. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you think about it, well, actually, yeah, it's, it's a great place for discovery. Um, Shorts is really popular. There's a lot of podcast content being republished there. So usually in universities, there's a, an official channel and podcasts are sort of shoved in a playlist or worse, they're just published randomly. Yep. But you have your own channel. And it might not sound like much, but having worked in universities, I know what an achievement that is to get through all of those hurdles. So tell me a little bit about the strategy behind that. Um, Why do you have your own channel? What benefit does it give you? And what you had to do uh, to get that to happen? Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. We were on our main, you know, Purdue University channel and with all of these shoots and these incredible videos we were getting, we were publishing so much that we were almost like oversaturating the channel. (laughs) Um, So we started publishing less. And I'm like, we are putting so much effort and our video team is producing these amazing things, but 
then they're only going on maybe on social media or they're just not even seeing the light of day. So how, how can we fix this? Um, how, you know, and it was, it was easy. I mean, they, they totally, you know, we have a couple different um, channels. Our Purdue news team has a, has its own channel, our student ambassadors. Um, it's like students of Purdue, they have their own channel. And so it's kind of natural for the podcast to branch off. So we did that in this year, January, 2023. And now, I mean, we, I think we have over 60 videos. Um, and again, this is just from January 1st. And we're able to, um, you know, strategize, okay, so we're going to have clips. So clips are going to be, you know, not the full episode, but like two to three minutes of something really important or funny or maybe a nostalgic story that you can't fit into like a one-minute trailer, we call them. The, those one-minute trailers is a whole different um, different thing. So we put those on social media. Um, and then we also put them on YouTube, but that's kind of, we're driving our guests to the episode and we're making it kind of like hype and exciting. And, um, how, you know, what are the things from the episode that would make someone listen? So for example, um, we had the Pizza Hut interview and we had the president of Pizza Hut talking about his favorite pizza order. And then we had this age old debate about pineapple on pizza and that really got people going. So it was like... (laughs) do you like, or is pineapple on pizza, you know, a good topping or whatever the question might've been. And people are just freaking out and 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 the, you know, responding to the tweets and, you know, absolutely not. Or yes, I love it. So those little tidbits, um, you know, that got people excited to listen to the full episode. So then of course we have our full video interview that um, is that full produced piece of content. And then we also put that audio version that goes out on Apple, Spotify, all of those platforms. Um, we put that onto the YouTube page as well. So people can listen, you know, get, be in another tab, do, do whatever they need to do. Um, and also I spend so much time scripting and, and telling that story of that, that episode that goes out on Apple and Spotify that I want people to access that on YouTube as well. Yeah. So we have a couple different playlists that, that we've strategized. You know, we've had a lot of meetings and um, Purdue meets with Google a lot. So they've really helped with our YouTube strategy. And um, that's been really exciting. And then, I mean, in, in six months, we're at over 1.1 million views. So we're doing, we're doing something right. But you talked about, you know, YouTube shorts. Our YouTube uh, team members at Purdue are awesome and they are like, we got to go all in on this. And so yesterday we were taking selfie videos with the guest and he's telling us three science facts that, that you know, did you know with Danny is what we called it. And um, we have this amazing background of the supernova explosion. <laughs> it just, and it's just, it, we had the lighting from our, you know, our camera crew, but we use that, just that our phones to, to get this content. Um, we always try to take, you know, take from memes or the latest trends. Um, for example, the the actor that I talked about who who's in Dune, I had to do that virtually. He was in Toronto shooting something for Netflix. So that was a virtual interview. But we're going to have someone shoot themselves like at home with a bowl of popcorn turning on Dune. And that's going to be a YouTube short. I'm sure there'll be other elements to it. But um, just thinking through, like, how can we feature um different elements or again like those trending memes and turn that into a youtube short and luckily i don't have to think about 
that I have a wonderful team who who helps and brainstorms too. That's not just me. So we've come up with some some great YouTube shorts and just again finding that that um, that polished, amazing quality of video that our video team produces. You know, the the selfies and the camera stuff, the or your cell phone stuff, does you know better. So that's been an interesting takeaway too. Is that kind of um, self-produced um and again like tacking on to those those memes and those trends so that's been really cool to see too yeah you have a clear understanding between your your different mediums so for instance shorts you you can get away with with that sort of stuff and you know i really wish more universities would understand the the value of of humor in these in these things um you know every report i read on our podcast in i think top the top category podcasts uh, listen to right now, it's always comedy, always right at yeah. the top. And, you know, when I've recorded shows in the past and they've been on whatever topic it's about, but if I do get those very sort of comedic or human moments within a podcast, even if it's like 20 seconds or something, I'll repurpose that, publish it on my channel, which is LinkedIn, not quite as exciting as the stuff that you're dealing with. Um, but they always perform really well. And I'm like, wow, okay. You just don't realize it, do you? And, you know, that gets audiences in. And then suddenly you've actually got more people listening to your show as, as a regular audience in the, in the long form um, uh, version too. Um, and you, you also uh, mentioned um, you've, you've got a, a really powerful distribution network. So you are uh, building on YouTube and you've got your million views there. But it's important to stress that the, the show is available on um apple spotify is a, there's imagine there's a few others in there as well isn't that yeah absolutely and of course it's on our purdue website um so you know the distribution we we really actually find that most of our listeners are on apple we really don't have that many on spotify which is interesting because you'd think the student audience might be there um but we're talking like 200 listeners on spotify versus thousands on on apple yeah um so that's been interesting to note throughout this whole process too. But a lot of times anyone who comes up to me on campus or our alumni group, um, they'll say, I watched or I heard your interview on YouTube or I watched your podcast, right? Like some oxymorons going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people find us on YouTube and that's that's how they listen. Um, and I'm so glad that we... You know, I went to a couple podcast conferences and talked to some people in the industry. And when I started at Purdue, I'm like, we need to start putting this on YouTube. This this is something that's going to grow. And sure enough, I mean, it absolutely has. And now YouTube has the podcast for YouTube playlist. Um, so we've done that. But just continuing to kind of see these trends and, you know, what what works, what doesn't. Our, you know, speaking of distribution, we have this huge... Um, organized list and document of for each episode you know we're sending it to the college of agriculture if that's where the professor's from we're sending it to whatever companies or people that the guests may have mentioned hey you were in this episode actually I, i'd love for you to hear it and if you if you liked it would you share it obviously Purdue's social media is huge we have over a million followers all combined um so again that brand awareness of when they hear that music and they see that logo on Twitter or on LinkedIn, um, they know, okay, it's a podcast episode. So that's really built up over the past two and a half years too. But yeah, that distribution element of obviously you send, you send the episode to the guest, 
um, but also sending it to all of these different branches um, and different schools within Purdue and their communications people. So it's on their social media. Even, you know, we want the guests to share it on their LinkedIn, their personal social media, right? That's a whole different network of people um, who, who might see it and hear it and be interested in the podcast as a whole. So that's been something we've built up a lot, even through the past six months. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge part of content ops, especially in the podcasting space, because audio, as, as we know here, it, audio itself as a medium is pretty terrible for discovery. There's, there's no app that's really cracked that yet. I know TikTok's investing in like TikTok music, and it might be exploring these sort of things serving online. But at the moment, the, the best way to have your podcasts uh, your audio podcast content discovered, ironically, is is for a platform that's really visually led, like like YouTube. And you know, you've you've mentioned there some of the ways, um, in addition to your distribution networks, that you're you're going about growing that that audience. We spoke about partnerships and those different kind of networks. Is there any other little tips you'd like to throw in there about how you you grow a podcast audience? What things do you know now that perhaps you you didn't know when you were first starting out? Is there anything you want to share with people? Yeah, I think specifically for higher ed, utilize, you know, your newsletters, your alumni, you know, we're in a newsletter. There's a, I mean, it's, it's a link and a sentence at the end of the day, but that's great. That goes to hundreds of thousands of alumni. And again, you know, Purdue's a bigger school, but how can you get even a little piece of, of that? Um, and again, who, when you're listening to the episode, take notes of who they mention, um, you know, if they graduated, some of our professors and researchers didn't graduate from Purdue. So we'll send it to Cornell. We'll send it, you know, to different different schools. And the response has been amazing. You know, the, they'll say, wow, thank you so much for sending this. Um, I'm honestly surprised sometimes that they even respond, <laughs> but they get excited. And um, it's, that's been really cool to see. So I think that's a, a great tip, obviously, social media. But really, if you aren't on YouTube, get on YouTube because like I said, you can take that audio and turn it into, you know, we use wave, for example, I think there's, you know, headliner, all those different things that you can plug your audio episode into and have a nice graphic. And it creates, you know, that audio form wave that, that people can listen to. So if that's the only thing you're putting on there, that's great. At least people can find you. Um, you don't have to have these, this is really nice and amazing to have, to have the, incredible video team and these fancy setups, but you can post, um, like how you and I are talking right now, Kyle, you can post things from Riverside or zoom or however you record, um, and put that on YouTube. That's a lot of how many podcasters do it. They're not, you know, they're, they're interviewing people from across the country that they're not in person with. So think about starting that YouTube channel. Maybe you just put the, the audio episode at the end of the day on it It takes like 15, 20 minutes. It's really Really, that's where you should start. And then if you want to start, you know, cutting some video from your virtual interviews, um, you can do that. But I think that's that's a great way to start. Um, other things for higher ed, like we did ad reads at basketball games. So, hey, did you know that the head coach of Purdue University is is on the This Is Purdue podcast? You can hear more about, you know, and so it's there's obviously basketball fans, thousands of yep. basketball fans in there. Um same with like the football stadium, you know, how can we run little clips or 15 second ads that would appeal to that, that crew, uh, within that space. Um, and then like word of mouth, I, that's, 
it's something for all podcasters, no matter what space you're in. It's just like you would recommend, you know, I love these leggings. I love these. I love the shampoo. Uh, you, you know, you're telling your friends. I, my friends and I recommend podcasts to each other all the time. And so what can your podcast do that would cause someone to, to recommend it? So just talking, you know, talking about podcasts, listening to other podcasts to get ideas. I do that a lot. <laughs> so yeah. definitely just kind of immersing yourself in that podcast space and you'll learn really quickly. The kind of element here, you've, you've got your distribution um, networks and you're publishing across all kinds of different channels. Um, some of the other hacks emerging, not hacks is the wrong word to describe it, but uh, I'm not just seeing podcast episodes your purpose in terms of like video and other networks. I'm, I'm seeing um, because of AI and how easy it is to use these tools nowadays, like an actual podcast script being turned into a blog post within, within seconds. And okay, you'll need to go in and do some editing, but you know, there's all kinds of these kind of layered tools that you can have your podcast as a central unit, um, which you produce content. And you were right, though, know, they are good things to do that because they can take over YouTube pages and that's why you've got your own now. But part of me that thinks that you probably a YouTube page should look like that anyway. And you take that content, you repurpose it as the podcast at the base, but you can then create for these different channels. Um, so yeah, I mean, for anyone listening, if you haven't got one of these things in place yet, or you've only got a few, it's, it's worth looking at how you can use it like a main vehicle or a starting point for your content creation and then repurpose that. Um, yeah. And, email. and I think too, with social media, you know, we do a lot of, it's national best friends day. We interviewed these two friends who graduated from Purdue and played football and they've been friends for 50 years. Let's repost that. So taking old episodes, we're going to hit our hundredth episode in January. So we have a bank of lots of cool episodes that relate to um you know it's today is moon day so it's a big big day at purdue big social media day so how can we take any podcasts where we featured people from nasa um and repurpose that so those are some other tips go back and and atomize that content for you know or if something's trending or if something you know some some news hits how can you go back and use an episode to kind of get get in the mix of that cool so just before we close here, I'd, I'd like to just look at the, the future, where you're going to take your show. And, you know, if we look at the podcasting landscape, it is quite saturated. There's a lot of episodes, there's a lot of podcasts, not all of them published. Actually, a very small minority actually keep going. A lot of them are dead. Right. Um, but as a space, it's not quite as the fresh sort of green lands that it, that it used to be. So what, what's your plans for the future in keeping your show um fresh, relevant, um, all of these things as competition naturally increases. Just uh, take us through what your, your thinking is there. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, like you said, though, I think there's, there's that myth of like, there's so many podcasts out there, but really consistently publishing episodes and, and keeping up with it. I mean, a lot of podcasts stop after six episodes or 14 or 20. Um, and so we know that it's really hard and there's, there's, there's so much content. So it's tough to consistently have that, that schedule and that cadence. But, um, you know, I think, I'm, like I said, I listen to other podcasts to get new ideas. We are in the midst of doing this research series. So we're taking four amazing researchers and talking about how their research at Purdue is kind of changing the world and like solving world problems. So that has been really good to kind of freshen you know, 
excite people, freshen it up. Um, yes, they're very complex, but that's my job to make it something that everyone can understand. Um, and like, why the why behind it? Why does it matter? Why are we doing this? Um, so that's uh, our second one actually released this morning. So that's exciting. We have two more coming. But um, just thinking of different series or what what you can do, can we take, um, I've been listening to this one podcast that I love, and he he takes his guests to dinner and he describes, um, it's called Dinners on Me with Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Um, I want to give him credit. <laughs> he <laughs> takes his guests to these amazing restaurants. And I mean, usually in LA, sometimes in New York. And he's describing the um, decor and the menu and the chef. And um, you can hear the ambiance of people in the background. Yeah. Um, you can hear them eating, which might bother some people. That's too much of me. Yeah. Yes. It is, <laughs> it's just like a tiny bit, but you can hear it a little bit. But um, how could we take iconic Purdue restaurants that have been on campus for 60 years and and take a guest there and talk about what are you ordering? What's your favorite thing here when you were a student? Um, this could only work for certain guests, right? But like mm. listening to that podcast, I'm like, this could be such a cool element of storytelling, of describing yeah. this historic Purdue place. So that's not in the works yet, but that's an idea. <laughs> but again, maybe like these, I think if you've been publishing something for a long time, like these sub kind of sub series, like an umbrella under your main feed of the research series um that restaurant idea maybe some student very heavy student episodes or a student is co-hosting with me right so thinking about different ideas and again like that sub-series and it you know it could be twice a year it could be four times but just having having those fresh ideas i find that listening to other podcasts and even that podcast is an entertainment podcast with a famous actor. It has nothing to do with business or brand or anything, but I yeah. still find great ideas through through that. I love the idea of having multiple series running at, at once. Sorry, some someone's dog's kicking off in the background. So that's just part of the show, I guess. Um, <laughs> but having like a show as the the umbrella and then yeah. Beneath that, you, you could even have like proper scheduled programming then, can't you? And I've noticed a few podcasts now that have reached their, their sort of bigger sort of media goals. They, they think about themselves like a television network almost. So on Monday, you get this episode or this series. On Tuesday, it's this right. one. And, you know, suddenly you realize you've, you've created this almost like media, media giant that's driving all these different um, agendas and objectives. But this is where we probably w want to go. And. As the, right. as the medium matures from like something that used to be quite scrappy with people just kind of chucking something together for the web, it, it now just moving into like these huge sort of, it's like a channel, you know, that's, that's what it is. And yes. you know, your, your other comment there about um, stories as, as well, I, I've noticed uh, a few podcasts picking up on this, this, this trend. Um, the, the one that really hits me and it's, They've been storytelling podcasts for a while, but they've been really focusing more, mainly on like the, the fictional and building these these worlds. But I'm seeing a lot of thought leadership or sort of subject area podcasts starting to adopt some of those techniques. That the one I read, listen to regularly is called um, Tales from the Departure Lounge, and it's for international recruiters in higher ed. But oh, yeah. when they get guests on, they don't have a sort of thought leadership interview about the the sector or anything like that it's it's led by the guest stories from their travels while recruiting students 
and they're bringing guests from outside the sector as well. But it's a good listen and there's nothing else like it as a result because very few podcasts in that space really lean into storytelling. So yeah, um, both of your kind of observations there just totally bang on. And, you know, if you're, you're doing that, I, I think we'll just continue to kind of hit those stratospheric numbers. I mean, 1 million for YouTube, it's, it's insane with the growth you're getting from this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And our, our team is really excited. I do want to say, though, don't, don't get frustrated if you have a show and you have 50 listens or you mm. have, you know, I used to work on shows that would get 30 listens because, um, you know, obviously we have a huge, at Purdue, like I said, it's a big school, it's, it's Big Ten. Um, but if, at the end of the day, I, I've heard people say this and now I've started to say it, it's like if, if you're speaking in a room with 120 people, would, would you be excited about that? Yeah, of course. So if you have 120 people listening to your podcast, you know, that's great. That, that's, that's amazing. And, it, and it'll continue to grow. But the average, I think, is something like 157 listens over a month. So don't, don't get frustrated. Don't get, um, you know, keep going. Keep up with the consistency because, you know, it, does, it does not happen overnight. There are so many things that you have to strategize and plan out. And, and like A-B testing. I mean, we test all the time. Does this work better or does this? Um, with social, we're always like, did this graphic perform better or did this one? Um, just tweaking things as you go. So don't don't get down on yourself. Um, you're not going to start off with thousands of listens right away. Unless you're really lucky, maybe. <laughs> it might happen. Yeah, it, it's usually, I mean, there's no real kind of benchmarks this is there, but I think any kind of content-focused project, it's normally between six and 18 months before you reach some sort of return. I mean, you get positive signals before that, but right. yeah, before you start hitting your, your goals, it's, it's not a short-term play. It's not, it's not just like dropping some dollars on some, on some Google ads. It's a very different skill set. Um, before we wrap up today, is there any um, sort of last-minute tips or advice you want to give people who are on their podcasting journey and perhaps, you know, maybe a couple of years behind where, where you are? Yeah, well, like I said, don't get discouraged by numbers. Um, it, it is really you know, slow, slow, slow growth a lot of times. Um, but try out, try out new ideas, test things. It, it can't hurt, right? I mean, test different graphics or different, um, you know, social media posts. A lot of our podcast social media posts are a little bit more, um, I don't, crappy isn't the right word, but a little bit more fun or we're asking questions or we're using emojis. Um, you can, you can have, have fun with it, right? And you know, pay attention to what's trending. That can always kind of get um, get you going or get get some extra listeners. Um, but really, just that consistency. And you know, your listeners know this is coming out every other Friday, or this is coming out weekly on Wednesdays. Um, obviously, you can repurpose episodes if you're going to be on vacation. If you're gonna, if you know, have other plans or something comes up. Just keep up with that consistency. I wouldn't recommend, especially when you're starting out, you know, taking two weeks off. Um, you know, your listeners want that consistency and that, that content. So those are a couple more tips. Got to earn that right to take a break, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I think we've only repurposed one episode. We're always coming out with new, new fresh content. Oh, I've, so. I've seen your stream. It's, it's consistent and it's... Um, not just consistent but consistently strong in his content too so fair play to you and the team you're doing some great stuff